0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. Yeah. yeah. I walked into Brad's office. I said, I got something to say. He's like, all right, just make sure I'm out of town. But uh, not really. That's a joke. Uh, all right. So first of all, Lord... We love you, we thank you, just minister, work through this message, and give me peace as I deliver it. Amen. So I'm talking about a rather familiar topic, um, intimate friendship with God. It's something that I think we've talked about a bit here in a lot of different avenues in a lot of different ways, and I just want to give us a refresher look on it through a few different angles. Um, I know it's one that we feel like we got a good grip on, but it's always good to, to revisit it and get it stirred up again to really enter into intimate friendship with God, with Jesus, and all the different ways that that means. Um, first things first, just to define a friend. Um, I've got sort of a list here that has a few different things. I think friendship is one of the more beautiful gifts we get on this side of things, friendship with each other. I think it's a really cool thing that he allows us to engage in, just to have a really good friend and to walk through life together like that. It could have been set up differently. It could have been a much more lonely experience, but he gave us each other to walk through it. And I think he gave us friends kind of to mirror the friendship that he wants to have with us, I think it's a lot like marriage, how we're all, as the bride of Christ, going to marry him, but we get married in this age to kind of remind us and be a template for that. I think it's similar with friends. And uh, so I've got a few different uh, categories here of what a friend looks like and how we interact with that, with God and with each other. It kind of mirrors the five love languages a little bit, I'm not going to lie, but... uh, But it's got a little bit of a different twist on it. And we can be assured that God wants the fullness in every one of these categories with us. It's very much his intention on this side of eternity that we can engage with him in close, intimate friendship in every one of these categories. Um, So true love and affection displayed through blessing and extolling. That's kind of like worship. It's just telling him who he is loving on him with our words and thanking him. And with a friend, it would be like encouraging them or giving them compliments, something like that. Acts of service, that one we're all pretty familiar with. It's doing something for a friend or doing something for the Lord, ushering a set, especially if it's a whole. Please talk to me. Um, Time spent communing together. That's an important one for friendships. All of these kind of have to do with that. But it's weird to have a friend that you don't actually spend time with. It's pretty big prerequisite. Uh, just you can be doing any one of these other things on the list, but time spent is a really, really good and important way to cultivate friendship with each other and especially with God. Um, talking to and hearing each other. That's a big one, one that I'm going to kind of go into a lot. Um, but... You don't want to have a friend that you can like only watch golf with. You kind of want a friend that you can also talk to and interact with and hear them. You don't want to do all the talking. You don't want them to do all the talking. You want it to be very much a give and take. Um, and that's one where I think we, there is some imbalance with our relationship with the Lord sometimes. But again, I'll go into that. Um, involving each other in the details of our life. That one is definitely more on the intimacy side of things. You don't want to be super protected. You don't want to just meet up with them on the other side of town. You want to invite them over to your house. You want to get intimately wrapped up in each other's life, and we can be assured that the Lord wants that as well. And then abstaining, abstaining from things that grieve each other's heart. Like, in this case, with the Lord, it's sin. And then with our friends, it's just, you know, don't, I don't slap Preston in the face very often because I know he doesn't like it. And so, I know that grieves his heart, so I'm not gonna do that. Um, all these things constitute friendship. All of these things he wants with us as full as we can possibly stand with him on this side of eternity, we can be assured. Um, no cutting corners in any of these. He, he absolutely wants the fullness in each of these categories for all of us. It's actually the whole goal of the story. We talk a lot about the age to come. We talk a lot about the biblical storyline from Genesis to Revelation, especially heavy on the Revelation end of things. Hallelujah. Um, But the whole reason for all of that is so he can have intimate friendship with us, so we can be with him, so we can commune. You can throw the word partnership in there as well, partnership, intimacy, friendship. The whole goal for all of it, for the reason you were created, for the reason that everything in your life happens to you, is unto greater friendship and intimacy with him. So, you know, any of you teenagers out there who are asking existential questions about what's it all about, it's about that. It's about friendship with him. And so, just to reorient our life and everything that goes on, all the noise of it, all of the, why does this happen? It's all unto friendship. That's the reason all of this is happening and transpiring. And so, we want to kind of pay attention to this topic and engage with it, and we want to know how the Lord wants to interact with us around all of it. Um, He's been after us from the beginning in this way, and he's going to continue to come after us in intimate friendship. Like we, kind of like Paul said, we've gone from, you know, slaves and adoption unto sons, which is really, really close and akin to friendship. And so we can be definitely assured that he's coming after us in friendship all the days of our life, that it's what he wants. There's a reality, I'm on letter C there, the reality of building friendship. It's a rather organic process. Um, If you've ever developed a friendship with a person, it's not really a one-size-fits-all type thing. It's kind of, you know, a give and take. What's your interest? Oh, I like cars oh I like ping pong that's cool Um, and so you find out the common ground in each other and you relate on those things and it's very much the same with the Lord like my friendship with him is going to look very different from Brad's or from Luke's or Andy's or any of those guys it's going to be a very unique to you process it's going to look unique to you it kind of negates the whole comparison thing because you can you can look at somebody and like, oh man, they're just they're right right up in there, they're healing the sick or whatever, they're they're in it. But friendship with God is gonna look different to them than it might necessarily to you. We were created as individuals uniquely, and he's going to interact with us on that process. There are definitely some constants. We don't want to negate that. He loves prayer, he loves worship, he loves spending time with him. Those a lot of those things I listed. But it might look different for you. And the main thing that I want to focus in on, in terms of the friendship aspect, is the necessity of hearing his voice. I think that this is one of the more neglected ones in this day and age, um, and one of the more necessary things. It can be really easy to supplement a lot of other areas of friendship, because we feel like we might not be as strong on the hearing his voice side of things. Um, I've heard a lot of different people. I've talked to a lot of different people about how they hear from God. What's that like for them? How does it really go for you? And there tends to be a lot of insecurity surrounding it. There can be people who have really cultivated it and they can hear a ton of things from God on a bunch of different topics. I know when Soph and I started dating, she would talk to me about her conversations with God, and she's like, God, how's it going today? And God's like, things are great. Things are great up here, the grass is green in heaven, and I love you so much. Also, you should try to do this and that and the other, and I'm just like, those are what your conversations with God look like? I'm in the prayer room for 30 minutes, I'm like, what are you saying? And you're like, potato. Potato? That doesn't make any sense. He didn't say, did he, potato, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> and so it can be a real place of insecurity for people because it, it, like I said, it can look really, really different. And some people are farther along in the journey of cultivating this area of friendship of hearing his voice. But I'm here to tell you that he absolutely wants each and every one of us to hear his voice. I'm going to bring up a lot of different examples um, of ways that that can look. Um, but... A lot of times people are like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't super hear from him. I'm just kind of waiting for the circumstances to present that I'm really looking for. Um, and that can be where a lot of people are. I'm not saying this to shame anybody. It absolutely, where I've been the majority of my Christian life, it's just recently I've been really trying to die on this hill of like, I'm going to hear your voice, dude. I'm going to hear it. I want to hear paragraphs like my wife. I, wanna, I don't want just potato. I want more than potato. Um, I know Luke Cooper has a lot of cool stories about this being one of the more invigorating parts of his walk with the Lord. When he realized that you can actually hear God's voice, it was one of the more fascinating aspects for him. And he's got a lot of cool stories that you should definitely, definitely ask him about. Um, but you can be assured that he he has this for you, and he wants to cultivate this for you in fullness. Like I said, it looks different. Like One of my favorite quotes was, uh, I forget who said it. I think it was C.S. Lewis, maybe. But he was like, God's always talking. Now, he might not be talking about what you want to talk to him about, and he might not be speaking English, but he's definitely talking. (laughs) And so that was, I found that like super encouraging, because it's like, I might not be hearing paragraphs like some people, but he is he is constantly coming at each and every one of us with conversational relationship. And he wants to talk with us about all of the areas of our life. And it's just learning and cultivating how to listen, getting through the different barriers that get in the way. Um, that's where we can really kind of cultivate that. And so we don't wanna give into comparison or anything like that with anybody else. Um, this is mainly to encourage and I want to Show a few practicals on how that can look. A few verses here, uh, John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's, mm, we're all his sheep. He's, Jesus said it, we can all hear his voice, and we follow him. That is a reality that we all live in. That's basically a promise, is the way I look at it. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna hear your voice. If I don't feel like I necessarily do right now, I do hear it in different ways. I wanna learn how to discern it pick it out I'm not the exception who's just oh I just can't really hear his voice like that I'm here to tell you right now that's a lie and you can you can definitely hear his voice if you if you decide to he is he's right there to enter into conversational friendship with you um, I know it can be very very difficult but again yeah the next verse Isaiah 30 and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way walk in it when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left. It's another promise right there. He's gonna lead and direct you. He's gonna be right there behind you, speaking into your ear. Again, I just wanna really kinda of hammer in the fact that like some people definitely, like, like I said, I was there for the majority of my life. I was like, dude, I just don't really hear from him the way some people do. I was definitely more on the cynical end of things where it was just like, like I know God's got my back. I don't really hear words and when I ask questions about, oh, why did this happen? Like, I don't really get full answers. But uh, you can overcome that if, if anyone here battles any sort of cynicism or bitterness around this topic. Like, it is very much something you can surmount. promise you that. A lot of the reason, moving on to Roman numeral two here, just to be honest with you guys that, The generation we live in is a hard one to live in when it comes to hearing his voice. That on top of the fact that we live in a fallen world, there's tons of stuff coming against us from hearing him. Like there is so many things, both good and bad, coming at us with increasing urgency and increasing volume to distract us, to get us knocked off the path, the the signal from hearing him, the dialing down. Everything's trying to steal our attention, get us distracted. Like I said, both good things and bad things. And I just want to call some of those out. Uh, Just the busy pace of life. In this day and age, our souls are asked to move at the speed of smartphones. That is a John Eldridge quote, but it's a really good one. Like we all have these super machines in our pockets and we go from talking to someone to texting someone else to like, it's just like you're constantly asked to pivot on a dime to different things, trying to keep up with a supercomputer. It's not easy. Um, That, with just kind of our American culture here, it's a very fast paced one. Um, These aren't necessarily bad things, but they're challenges that come when you're trying to be one who can dial down and hear his voice. The busy pace of life can definitely come against that if you can't take any time to dial down and to really try to discern. It can be something that makes it very, very, very difficult. Um, Not to mention, The demands of the technology under letter B there, we live in a content-packed world. I had the Lord, when I was going on this journey, one of the first things that he really started talking to me about was just the amount of content I'm receiving. Because I was talking with him about how it's so hard to hear from him. And like one of the first little clues he gave me was like, dude, you are full. You're just full of content. You go from a podcast to a message from Mike Bickle to Netflix to playing Uno at home and screaming at my sister and my wife. Like It's just like you just go from one thing to another. It's full, it's content packed. You got a lot of different voices already streaming through your head, like we all do. I listen to music in the car, then I come to the meeting at work and we're talking about different ideas. Like There's just a lot of voices coming at you. If you got a lot of voices coming at you already, makes it hard to hear that still small voice. Um, That's definitely one of the challenges between entertainment, information, the news, fun, work. These things are hard to juggle, and it's hard to commit ourselves to trying to hear the Lord in a focused way with all this coming at us. It's just another one of the challenges. None of this is hopeless, but I'm just listing the challenges that it comes when you're trying to hear from the Lord, just to any of the, any of you who find it difficult to hear from him, it's like we're up against a lot. The next thing would be our feeble human attention spans. I am the chief of sinners. Uh, ask anyone on senior staff. I get up and pace. I've got a little fidgety thing. I'm trying to stay in the. Con- what are we talking about? I have to. My attention span is dying to just jump off whatever train we're on at any given moment. Um, and I know a lot of us are like that. And it can be really hard to focus, especially. In, you know, the Instagram TikTok world where you pay attention to something for 10 seconds and you swipe up and then you pay attention to something else for another 10 seconds. We're training our brains to essentially be unable to focus and to dial down. It's another, another generational challenge that we face. It really is, I think, that this generation in particular has just a ton of unique challenges when it comes to trying to hear. The technology plays a role. The culture plays a role. Um... But with all this said, we're asked in Colossians to set our mind on things above, not on things of this earth. That is, Scripture, the Lord knew we were going to live in this day and age, and he still said it. So that means it's possible for us to still, even with all these challenges, to, to, there is a way through, there is grace available. Another thing that comes in the way is going to be all the other good things. This one's a rough one because... They're good things. Um, I think here at the prayer room we do a really good job. I know Brad has uh, really explained this point to me of how we stick to our mandate. Like our mandate is prayer and worship and we are dedicated to that thing as a ministry. We make it the main thing we're doing, we do a few other things, but we don't let any of them kind of touch what we do up here. We're, We're focused in that way. And sometimes someone will come up and be like, hey, can we do like a food drive in your prayer room? And we're like, food drives are cool. They're great. But no, you cannot do a food drive in our prayer room. That is for worship. We can't take over the sanctuary of the prayer room to do a canned food drive. We can donate stuff or whatever, but like it's nothing, none of the other good things are gonna come in the way of this main thing that we're doing. And the same is true with our hearts. We wanna make sure That none of the other good things you can say yes to are gonna impede or come against your intimate conversational based friendship with God, your partnership with Him. We wanna make sure that your lives are set up and orchestrated so that you can take time to do that. I think that's a blessing. I'm gonna get into that a little later, but it's a blessing of this room, a dedicated space to do that. we have here the uh, example of Martha, God-lover. But she just worked and missed the main thing. Um, and, you know, she was trying to do the right thing, but she just said yes to the wrong good thing. And then you have Mary who's sitting at the feet of Jesus, receiving what, he's suppo- what she's supposed to. And even like Psalm 27, 4, to in- gaze and inquire. That's like right in there for what we're actually supposed to do. That's what we see Mary doing here. She chose the good part and she didn't, maybe she sh- could've and should've helped with the dishes, but she chose the the thing that she knew she was supposed to instead of like the supposedly moral thing in the moment that Martha was trying to say of like, hey, come help me do this other thing. She's like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna give up sitting at the feet and listening. And so we wanna be definitely be careful of Uh, the things that can get in the way, I find that that's even true for my times in the prayer room. Like, I can can sacrifice and not use that time wisely. I can fill up that time with, you know, it's like, all right, I'm gonna read my Bible for 30 minutes, and then I'm gonna pace and do my prayer list for 30 minutes, and then I'm gonna work on the teaching notes for the rest of the hour, and that's the two-hour set. And it's like, there's no real room for the Lord to intervene, like you don't want to treat your time and with the Lord like a meeting that you're running necessarily. It, w- it needs to be like a like a give and take, like this friendship conversational thing. You want to definitely integrate into the diet some conversational-based time because like it's like, all right, I'm on my reading list and I'm going to read in Isaiah, which is where I'm reading. Lord, don't try to tell me I'm not. It's, it's, it says it on the sheet. It's April the 9th. I have to read this Isaiah passage. Um, or else I'll be off. But like, instead of that, we don't necessarily want to treat our times with him like it's like, discipline is amazing and it definitely, definitely helps with a lot of this stuff. But when we're entering into a relationship with a living, breathing, real God, He's got opinions and he's got things he wants to say and interrupt us a lot of the time. And so I find that even in my times in the prayer room, I've had to integrate practices where I'm giving him some opportunity and some leeway. I'm, I'm trying to not pack them with all the things I can actually, I'm allowed, I'm like, I can't scroll on Instagram, but I can work on my notes for the next teaching or different things like that. Um, we want to definitely make sure that we are Giving him room. Like I said, I I like that thing. Don't treat your time with the Lord like a meeting. You're running and he's just attending. Set your heart to follow and listen above all else. Um, The next one is kind of a crazy one, but as I was going on this journey and searching my own heart and talking to some other people, it's actually a really real thing. Um, Under letter E, fear of what the Lord might say. Uh, When you give. The lord room to speak he's gonna say things who knows what he's gonna say um and i found in my own heart like i said and a few other people there's actually a little bit of trepidation there where it's like uh i talked with uh it was forever ago but she expressed fear that the lord was gonna like call her into like the 1040 window missions field even though it's like not even something she remotely wanted to do She's, like, really geared towards something else, and she's, like, it's like, oh, my gosh. I just, you know, I dialed down, and I, I, I'm trying to listen to the Lord, but I'm, like, really scared that he's going to, like, call me into something that I hate with my whole heart and that I'm just, I'm scared. I so I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to hear it. And so she was neglecting even going there. And, like, okay, yeah, 1040 window's crazy, but that's a little insane. It's, it's a little bit, I think, of a stronghold mentality of, like, I don't even want to give the Lord the opportunity to interrupt this comfortable life that I have. He's just, like, trying to get me to do the hard thing that no one else will do, and he's going to trick me into it. But like it says, like, Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope for the future. I know some people are just scared. There's, like, a shame and condemnation where it's, like, you come before the Lord, he's, like, he's going to call out how much TV I'm watching or, you know, junk food or different things like that. Like, it's like a shame, a shame type of thing that's keeping them from really going and speaking to the Lord and giving him room. It's like, I'll talk to the Lord about what I want to talk to to him about. I don't really want to talk to him about what he wants to talk about because I have no idea what he's going to say. Like, it's a real thing. It's a real emotion that I think some people feel. Um, And like that Jeremiah verse, it's like, dude, he's got you. We want to cast off whatever little... Orphan mentality that that is, and be like, he's gonna he's gonna prosper you and protect you, and actually, the God I know will make that idea that he proposes sound amazing to you. You're gonna be excited to go and die in the Middle East, a horrible death. You'll just be thrilled to do it, Um, and because he's good and he's kind like that, he's like he said, he's not just trying to like trick you. He's like, oh man, if they listen to hear my voice, I'm gonna tell them to do that crazy thing that I can't talk anyone else into. It's like, no, he's, he's, he knows you intimately. It's a relationship. He's gonna pick something perfect for you. He's gonna be kind when he calls out sin or imbalance in your life. It's gonna help you thrive. I remember, who remembers that Misty song, uh, Fling Wide? It's like a wake awake, awake on oh, Northwind. So many, I've, when that song came out, so many people were like, be careful when you sing Awake, Awake on North Wind. He might just do it and humble you. It's like, yes, but he's God. He, it's good. Who are you? To, what about blessed are the humble? Those types of verses. Like, it's a good thing. It's like, scared to ask the Lord for the thing the Lord wants to give you because he might do it and that's uncomfortable for you. It's like, okay, you got to. Got to get your mind right. That's that's a stronghold of not trusting him and trying to self-arrange and adjust our own life. We want to be surrendered to him in partnership, this partnership thing. We want to be all in on the relationship. We want to, holding nothing back. It's like, Lord, whatever you say, I'm in. I just want to hear you. I just want to engage with this. Like, no matter how scary, no matter how insane it sounds, maybe when I first hear it, I know you're going to be good and maybe when you say potato, I'll understand after a while. And so those are the types of things that can, that can make it really difficult to hear his voice. Those are the factors of things, all of those different elements, the content-packed world, our crazy dumb brains, Lord help me, uh, the, the fast pace of life, fear of what he's going to say, all the other good things. Like these are the things that are coming against you from entering into a conversational partnership with him. But there's hope, I promise you. Roman numeral number three, it's my hope Roman numeral. Uh, Accepting his invitation for spiritual solitude. Now I'll preface this with this is a spiritual solitude, it's not really like a go be a hermit type thing. But it's just the reality that we have the Holy Spirit within us, and we can at any point tap into that reality and commune with him on a one-on-one basis. Brad always talks about how it's something he's cultivated. He's like, I've cultivated tapping into his presence really quickly because, you know, he's sitting here in the prayer room, and everyone comes says hi, and he's got to hug everybody, and so he's developed this thing of just learning to dial down really quickly and hear and commune with him because it's... Brad knows it's really important, and it, for his busy lifestyle, he needs to learn to do that. And we want to accept this invitation. We can be assured that there is grace available, that there is a path available on this side of eternity to enter into deep and meaningful spiritual solitude, engaging with him as a friend and as a partner. It's modeled over and over again in the Bible. There's a lot in the good book to encourage our little hearts when it comes to hearing from him and being in conversation with him. I find those passages so interesting where the guys are just the long, Moses and Elijah and all these guys are having these long dialogues with God. It's like, oh my gosh, I want that. I want that so bad just to get a large dissertation from God about the intricate plans about this, that, and the other. I'll go into it in a minute, but it's so encouraging to my heart to see these things uh, played out. But I've got just a few different examples here of people who really modeled it well. The first one is obviously Jesus. Um, He was a big, big proponent of going off and meeting with God and hearing from him, prayer, often before a big transition. You've got, you know, the 40 days in the desert before the ministry. You've got the Gethsemane before the cross. He knows, he's like, all right, I need to go and I need to tap in. Even that whole John 15 thing of abiding in the vine. Jesus knew what he had to do. He'd often slip away. Thankfully, now we have the Holy Spirit within us. And so meeting with God is just so simple. All these guys, they didn't really have the Holy Spirit at the time. I know Jesus is God. That's a tricky one. I guess he did. I don't know. But, you know, David, Moses, Elijah, these guys are Old Testament. Uh, It looks a little different for them. But, yeah, we have Jesus going off into times of solitude to meet with God and pray. We've got David in his first years in as a shepherd playing music, singing to Jesus, figuring all that out. He loved it so much that later in his life he set up his tabernacle as a place of worship and encounter with God. That was a constant reality. We all know about David's tabernacle. And just as I think the Psalm 23 verse is a really good example of what David was really engaging with in his relationship with the Lord. It's, we all know this scripture, but it's like, I don't need, I, I lack nothing. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul. This is what David had cultivated in his conversation and his encounter with God. It's a really, really beautiful thing. And I just love how later in his life, he's like this, you know what I did out there in the desert was dope. I'm gonna hire a gazillion people and make it happen all the time. Um, I, I knew that that was in his brain when he did it. I just, just know it. Uh, number three, Moses. Moses was known as a friend of God, uh, most famously. His face would actually glow from the amount of time he spent communing and talking with God that the other people were actually afraid of him. He was the first guy to just like willingly and gladly put on a mask to make his neighbors feel comfortable. And I think that that's really interesting and shows a lot of character. Thank you, Moses. <laughs> Sorry to sneak in the COVID reference, <laughs> but uh, just something to think about. Uh, <laughs> but just from the quantity of time that he spent talking with him, his face would actually glow. Their dialogues would last several weeks. Um, both Moses and later down Elijah had these 40 day things that Jesus later would emulate, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, But we have Exodus 33. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. He called him a friend. And later down in Exodus 33, we see this exchange that they're having where Moses is like, let me see your glory. Like, I want to see you. And the Lord's like, awesome. You can't see my face because you'll die. But you can see the back of my head. Um, And it's just this really awesome, intimate, like, upgrade that I think Moses unlocked. From all that time spent, it's just like Moses was a guy who's like, I'm leading these crazy people. This is insane. I'm going to dialogue with you as a friend to get me through this. And the Lord even is really faithful. The Lord provides Moses with a ton of solutions to stuff. Like, that's one of the benefits to cultivating a conversation style relationship with the lord is the lord he's like i can't manage all these people the lord's like get you know managers over the different tribes and different you know hierarchy of people and moses is like that's genius um so he's going to solve our problems and he's going to be our friend there's a lot in a lot of that uh the last one is my favorite it's elijah's whole encounter this story is just the dopest and i think it's so cool how mckenna where you at mckenna Wherever McKenna is, she sang a chorus about this passage, like, in the prophetic time. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, just felt, like, a little encouraged. Um, but we got this whole long First Kings passage where essentially the context is Elijah just has this crazy showdown with the prophets of Baal. Calls down fire on this big old pile of wood after dousing it with water in the midst of a drought, which I felt was bold. I was like, man, he's wasting all that water in the middle of a drought. That's controversial, Elijah. Um, and then essentially, what happens is he's getting chased out of the land by Ahab and Jezebel. They're like, I'm gonna, we're, let's, we're gonna kill this guy. And Elijah freaks out and he runs away. He's all discouraged and sad. And the angel, an angel appears to him. He's like, you should sleep, and here's some food because you need it and you're upset. And then the angel's like, go meet with God where Moses met with him, at Mount Horeb, I think. And so Elijah runs for 40 days into the desert and he meets with God. And God's like, what's going on, Elijah? And Elijah's like, I'm sad and discouraged. I've been working really hard and everyone's trying to kill me and everything's really messed up. And God's like, all right, I'm gonna show you my presence. Go out, stand outside. I'm going to show you my presence. And a cool intimate detail to this is that Elijah was like the fire and brimstone prophet. Like I said, he's calling down fire. This is kind of how we remember him as this really powerful prophet guy. And then the Lord hits him with this, where there's crazy wind that blows by, but he's not in the wind. There's an earthquake, but he's not in the earthquake. There's fire, but God's not in the fire. And then there's the little gentle whisper, and that's where his presence was. And so Elijah, or the Lord's showing Elijah, he's like, listen, I know you're calling down fire. You're doing all this cool stuff, but my presence is actually in this little whisper. I'm going to give you this little tidbit from my spirit because you're discouraged and you need it. And so he gives him this intimate moment. And then the Lord asks him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah goes off again about how discouraged he is and how sad and how alone he is. And so then the Lord, after this intimate moment, is like, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go anoint this guy as king over in this other country and he's gonna go kick Ahab's butt. Then you're gonna anoint this other king who's gonna take over for Ahab. Then you're gonna anoint Elisha who's gonna be your friend. So your problems are taken care of. I've given you a friend. And also, on top of all of that, you've said that you're very alone, but I've actually saved 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed the knee to Baal, who have stayed righteous. So actually, this whole time, you weren't alone. So he gives him this intimate moment. He gives him awesome counsel on how to fix all his problems. And he completely saves him from the lonely moment. It's like a perfect encapsulating story of the benefits and the, the things that the Lord wants to give to us in exchange in this conversational dynamic you know counsel encouragement intimacy just all packed into one which i thought is really cool in a really fun side note these last two elijah and moses you see this weird dynamic and the mount of transfiguration where jesus who is god also wants to see his friends and talk with his friends so he pulls down moses and elijah to talk with them to get encouragement or you know just whatever was going on up there something awesome and so it's this cool two-way street you actually see the relationship played out like we want relationship with him not nearly as much as he wants it with us and in this instance at mount of transfiguration jesus God and man actually needed to talk to his friends for some encouragement and pulls down these other two guys that I just mentioned to relay with him. It's like a beautiful, it's like, oh my gosh, you really want us as friends. And Moses and Elijah, the things they had, we can have all of that. Like that's not special to them. We can absolutely, absolutely have that on this side of eternity. And I think it was just really cool to see Jesus's heart for it also in that moment. Just a fun little tidbit. Uh, Letter B, the safety in God-led living slash conversation. It's just such a good way to live being led by him through hearing his voice. However that looks for you, but like checking in to hear his voice, not apathetically going through life, hoping that the circumstances go just the right way, trying to love him through serving and all these different things, and just hoping that he smiles upon you but instead entering into the conversation and the partnership and the friendship that he really, really has for us. There's a safety in it. He's gonna, like Elijah, right here, right? He's like, you got all these problems. God's like, sweet, listen. Solve that one, solve that one. Also, I love you very much. Here's a little whisper from my presence. It's like, it can really hedge us in to exactly how things are supposed to go. This way, our life isn't on us. It's like, the Lord's like, go do this crazy thing. You're like, sweet, I'll go do that. It's on you. You told me to do it. You have to sustain it. You're being led in the day-to-day, no matter how little and mundane. A lot of people like to do the whole ask him what you want to wear in the more like what he wants you to wear in the morning, Help like that he'll pick out your clothes. I wake up very late, so I don't have a ton of time to do that, but I encourage you all to give it a shot. <laughs> the point is, no matter how small and mundane, but like getting him involved in all those little Uh, moments where just like different things like that. And a really good way to start is a lot of times people when they need to hear from God, it's the high stakes situation where they're like, I need to hear from you. And maybe those people haven't necessarily cultivated and practiced hearing his voice and all of a sudden they're placing this emotionally charged high stakes situation at the Lord's feet and it's like, yes or no? And they hear potato and they wonder why. But The truth is that a good way that I've found to approach it is asking to get God's heart for things. And so it's just like, you're not asking God like a yes or no. was actually recently for me, as I've been on this whole cool journey, I wanted to do a stupid thing and buy a motorcycle, which sounds, you know, hey, cool motorcycle, be careful, wear a helmet. Like just a weird thing to do. And I was like, Lord, am I being 27 and just wanting a motorcycle? are you in this at all? What is going on? Is this a yes or a no? Gas prices are high. Lord, help me. And I just started asking, Lord, give me your heart for this because I might just be being impulsive and crazy and making a crazy purchase. And he started to talk to my heart and change my heart. And I felt his peace and his like pleasure over this decision. I didn't feel like I was being selfish. I didn't feel like I was being just chasing a thrill in any sort of way, but he was like, I want you to get the motorcycle. The motorcycle's a great idea. Like I felt his, my heart change after I like surrendered and asked him to prune my desires. You can, you can have him lead you in that way. It's a really good way to kind of start this, discerning his voice and living led like that. I found like it was super, super, super helpful. Uh, Roman numeral number four. <clears throat> Our community has a really, 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 really cool benefit in all this, is that we've built this around a prayer room. A lot of other communities don't have something like this, and that's a real bummer, especially when it comes to trying to hear the Lord's voice, because we talked about how crazy life is. We talked about all the things that are coming to steal your attention and steal your time and steal your capacity. But... In this community, we have a prayer room, which is a room just built around encounter with God and worship. Like, what the heck? Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to set the table for going on this journey. Because it can be hard, you know, sitting in your house, and all of a sudden your dog comes up to you and licks your face, or, you know, the air conditioning makes a weird noise, or different things like that that are just, like, distracting you in your house or in your car, but this is a room that we've built for encounter with him. This is a room where people are constantly crying out for more of his presence, for to hear from him, just loving on him. This is a room that he loves and he likes, and he is dwelling here. I very much believe that. And it's a good quiet in the storm of life. It's the most countercultural thing that I think we've seen in a while is a room built for stopping, slowing down, engaging, communing with him. Like, especially all the things I said earlier, this is a go, go, go time in history in a very go, go, go country in the world. And so to just have a place where it's like, hey, hit the brakes, you're sacred trusted, get in here, sit in that chair, figure stuff out. Like, that's a blessing. That is absolutely setting the table for us to go on this journey. It's not necessarily making you eat from it. Like I said, you can fill up your prayer room hours with whatever little Jesus chores you want and avoid hearing from him. But I'm just kidding. Scripture, all those things, very, very good things, still do them. But my point being, we want to be intentionally rooted in conversation with him. Luke gave a great message about this, Luke Cooper, (laughs) one or two months ago at FF, if any of you have been to that church. Um... But being rooted in the conversation is just one of the most basic and practical ways to kind of go on this, and the prayer room's a great place to do it. Like, I get it. It's really, really hard to cultivate this within our own lives, but come into the prayer room. Get yourself sacred-trusted on a set. Sit down and just battle your attention span. Just give it a shot. I promise you, none of you will be as bad as me. I... About six months ago is when I really started thinking about this and processing it, and I was like, all right, let's see how long I can do it. Because I can talk to God about a ton of stuff. I've got tons of worries on my mind. I've got my prayer lists are long, friends. I can just monologue at him all day, it's great. But I wanna hear from him. And so, like I said, I don't know if he's gonna speak English, and I don't know if he's gonna talk to me about what I want him to talk to me about. I don't know if I'm gonna be asking the right questions. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit in silence for as long as I can possibly stand. I'm gonna let every distraction come in and go out. I think I, think I was in one of Sebastian's intercession or uh, instrumental sets. And so I didn't have to get up for prayer time. I had two hours where I could literally just not move, which was horrifying. It was the scariest thing. I did awful. Um, <laughs> and I've done it in many sets since but it's it's beginning to hone and discipline yourself to do this being like lord I want to hear from you. And you just sit there for as long as you can stand it and it's very difficult. This is one that's really good for all you kids who are in here. You can just sit for as long as you can and just lord I want to hear from you. Let all the distractions come and eventually he's going to put things there. He's going to speak. Like, you're going to run into that hole. Was that me? Was that the devil? Was that God? I don't know. You're just going to have to, you know, take things, some things on faith. We're just like, Lord, I want to hear from you. Just give me something. Kind of like how we do prophetic ministry for each other. And he's going to talk to you about crazy stuff. I promise you. He's going to interrupt your life in cool little ways. He's going to be like, hey, you need to wake up 15 minutes early and pray in tongues. Or you need to go talk to your neighbor. And you're like, well, I don't need to talk to my neighbor. I don't know. I was doing this recently, and the Lord is like, you, you have someone you need to forgive. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, who do I need to forgive? And it was somebody in my family who I'm like, I don't need to forgive them. Like, I'm, we're great. I love them very much. But I listened. I was like, okay. And I went through the whole, like, Lord, I forgive them for whatever it was. And it actually ended up to be a really, really powerful, moving time. And now I'm going to interact and love them way better, even though I had no idea it was there. The Lord, he's going to look after you, and he's going to guide you in those really, really cool ways. And that's just as I was sitting in the prayer room, wrestling my subconscious and my crazy, frazzled brain. Like, the Lord absolutely will honor you if you, if you step out in this way. Um, it, like I said, it gives the Lord opportunity to bring stuff up. It gives us original things from God to hold on to. I think this is a really, 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 really good point. I was thinking back into my life about all the things about God that I know and believe and the different cool quotes I can, like, hit you with a cool quote from somebody smart. Um, But this all kind of birthed out of this other thing I was feeling of just, like, Lord, I want, like, original content from you. Like I want Mike Bickle's got some sick one liners and I want one of them. Like I just want one of my own. And to have like just first hand experience and things from God is awesome. Like cool quotes are helpful and they're amazing and they can really speak to us. But if you hear from God something, so like a piece of wisdom or something to do, it's like that's from God. Like that wasn't from some smart speaker that wasn't from your Bible, even. It was, like, from God to you. And you're like, wow, now I've, I've got this cool, awesome thing from God that is mine. That he just gave, he gave me this little, awesome, little sentence. Potato. That was from you, Lord. Thank you. Um, but it's, it's a really, really, really cool thing just to be like, Lord, I want original memories and original things from you, from your heart. Um... And that's, this is where this conversational relationship with Jesus can really, really develop. And I do think that the prayer room is such a gift in this community to have a place where we can really work that out. I think we're all very, very fortunate to live in and around Pantigo, where it's an option for us. And I definitely encourage all of us to, to head down this way, to make it a point that's like, I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to be one who hears his voice, who hears what he's saying to me. I'm going to let him guide me through the challenges. I'm going to let him rebuke me on things. I'm going to let him encourage me and love on me in cool ways. A good little bunny question for anybody who's like really wanted to do it. I remember this. My dad told me when I was like five. Um, and the Lord brought it back up because I'd completely forgotten it. But he was like, just ask, Jesus, do you love me? Jesus, how much do you love me? Like, just a really softball question that the Lord's just going to, like, crank. Because, like, we all know what he's going to say, but, like, just hear him say it and just feel good. And it'll encourage you and it'll be like, I do hear from him. Like, I know I do. Um, Because, like I said, all the insecurities, all the lies are nonsense. You are absolutely designed and intended to have this relationship with him, to hear him regardless of how the past has gone when you're trying to hear him on the big thing, regardless of any of that, this is 100% something he has for you and the prayer room's an awesome place to cultivate it. And so, yeah, I just want to pray for us. If the worship leader can come on up. Lord, we thank you and we love you. We thank you that you desire to engage with us in this way, that you desire closeness, personal conversation, hearing from you. Lord, would you cultivate this in our hearts? Teach us to hear from you. Let us use this prayer room wisely as you want us to use it. Let us be ones who hear what you're saying, who respond. Lord, who know what you're intending for us, what you're intending for our community. Would, you, would we have that spirit of wisdom and revelation? Would we be ones who carry it? Would we be friends of God, Lord? Even if all our faces start to glow, Lord, I don't care. Just let us be a community that hears from you, who knows the sound of your voice. We thank you and we love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, thanks, guys. Encounter service is over. If you guys could take your conversations outside, that would be awesome. Thank you. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.